Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day? And tomorrow. Good morning. What's happening? Hey, man, you know, just another day on this goddamn Zoom. I'm over it. I told y'all that. I'm going to keep telling y'all that until we get back in that damn studio. I'm sick of it. Don't like it. You know? It's whatever. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. Absolutely right. I'm, I'm tired. I do enjoy not being stuck yeah. in traffic, though. I will say that. There's no reason to be late for a Zoom. There's definitely no reason to be late for a Zoom. Unless you're just exhausted of the Zoom and you, you're dragging your feet to get there. And you're just like, okay, I'm here. And I finished watching The Social Dilemma uh, yesterday, too. I'm sick of all of these devices. All of these computers are ruining us. Do you know that the only um, industries that call the people who consume their products users are the uh, software technology industry and the pharmaceutical industry? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Well, all right. You should watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix if you haven't. Great, so great, 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 great documentary. Oh, we're we're beyond addicts, and we don't even know it. Not only are we beyond addicts, we're we're addicts who uh, they said we're, we were probably the last generation that knows what life will be like before we started living this illusion. And they ask a fundamental question: uh, How can you unplug from the matrix when you don't even know that you're in the matrix? Right. It's like every every human nowadays has his own set of facts because every time you know, I used to come way- to work and forget my oh, phone at home. I used to come to work and forget my phone at home all the time, and I would be like, what am I going to do? I have to go home and get it, because you just can't make it through the day. Mm. Yep. We we are that. Yeah, we are addicted. All right, well, Mm -hmm. let's get the show cracking. Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith will be joining us in a little bit. And we got front page news. What are we talking about? HBCU Week. Uh, We'll talk about Michael Bloomberg. He has raised more than $60 million, and we'll tell you what that money is going toward, and it's for voting. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night in sports, the Nuggets beat the Lakers 114-106. Now, yeah, don't, think that, don't think that series is going to be a pushover for the Lakers either, by the way. Nah, I don't Nuggets, think so. Nuggets is tough. They definitely are tough. We starting easy. And just so you guys know, the University of Notre Dame was forced to postpone their football game against, against Wake Forest after multiple student athletes tested positive for COVID-19. And that's just an FYI. All right. Um, Michael Bloomberg has raised more than $16 million, and that is to help convicted felons in Florida register to vote. Uh, 
The Florida Rights Restoration Coalition estimated that his push has already paid off monetary obligations for 32,000 felons just back in 2018. Florida passed a law reinstating voting rights for felons that dictated they could register only if they pay off fines, fees, and restitution. Sometimes that totaled more than $1,000, and they had to pay those fines and restitutions owed to the government before they could vote. I saw that a lot of people were also raising money for this, like Michael Vick and Desmond Mead. They worked Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, to restore people's voting rights as well in Florida, the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Yeah, why does he have to raise that money? I mean, salute to Bloomberg. That was a, a great gesture, but why does he have to raise the money? He don't got that in his pocket. And didn't Bloomberg say he was going to spend whatever? Didn't, didn't Bloomberg <laughs> say he was going to spend whatever to get Trump out? He did say that. Yeah. And why did he have to raise know. the money? I, he, he should have that, like, just laying I, around somewhere. I thought he donated some of his own money. That's what I thought. That's what I was That's what I thought, too. Well, maybe it is some of his own money. I don't know. Maybe he has a, a fund that he uses for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Now, imagine you're sitting on the porch at your own house and officers come and hold you at gunpoint and put handcuffs on you. Well, that happened in Wisconsin on June 2nd. A young black man, Keontae Furge, was arrested in his home. Cops came. They pointed guns at him. And now police are saying it was just a mistake. So just to give you some background, the home belonged to Keontae's coach, who was allowing him and another teammate to stay in the house after his mother, who previously lived in the, in the home, had passed away. And apparently one of the neighbors called 911. Listen to this. Oh, hi. I want to report a suspicious activity. Okay, and where is it happening? There is the African-American with sweatpants, flip-flop, and a white shirt on the, sitting on the front door. Woo. He's just sitting right, at the well, front door in a suspicious activity, huh? Sitting on the, um, just sitting on the porch. Now, here is what Keontae Ferg said when the cops came. Police department, come out with your hands up. Huh? Come out with your hands up. Okay. You don't live here. My coach's house, Coach Rundle. Okay. He left me and Torrance here. You can call him and ask him. Okay. okay. Go ahead and just, for right now, just turn around. Put your hands behind your back. Is it Keontae? Yes, it's Keontae. Okay. okay. Put your hands behind your back for a second. We're just going to detain you. Well, I'm not being detained, though, because you don't live here, and the person that lived here passed away, so. Okay, can you guys call Coach Ron? Yeah, we're, that's what we're going to do. Wow. Well, you know, if, if police stop perceiving black people as guilty before they are proven innocent, you wouldn't have those problems. Like, some people, some white people already think the worst of, the worst of black people. As soon as they hear black, they pull up like that. All right. And why well, wouldn't the neighbor the call the coach? Right, and here are the She's cops the apologizing. This is the reason why you're here. Someone called because they... I know, because I'm a they, black man and it's that lady right so, there, even though she waved at me. That wasn't... Uh, it's, because, it's because the person that lived here is... Okay. All right. And they're concerned that it got broken into or something, so turn around. I'm going to take them off for you quick. And we'll go grab your phone and get on the phone with Mark, okay? He didn't answer, but but it sounds like the other, another neighbor knows that you guys are here, so... It's a, a misunderstanding, so sorry for the misunderstanding on our part. Good. See, that, that could be nasty. Sorry. Yeah, it could have yeah, been, that could have been after, nasty. After, after got you traumatize a brother. Killed. Absolutely. Yep, yep. After you traumatize a brother emotionally and mentally, all you get is an apology. Jesus Christ. And I really, you for doing nothing but being in the mm-hmm. house. That could have went so left. Absolutely. And why, would, why wouldn't the neighbor call the coach? If you're the neighbor, don't you have the coach's number? You can't pick up the phone and say, hey, man, are you expecting guests? Is somebody staying in your house? And then she described well, she them black with sweatpants on. 
She might not have had the coach's number because it's the coach's mom that used to live there. So maybe she didn't have the coach's number. I don't know. But if they look, if they're sitting on the porch, do you think that house is going to be vacant forever? No one's ever going to move in? And why does she notice his sweatpants? Why does she describe the yeah, sweatpants? They must, sweatpants. Have been, they must have been gray sweatpants. Scared the hell out of that woman. She saw that and thought he was concealing a weapon. Like, this all you? You got all hype, Charlamagne? <laughs> all right. Well, that is front page news. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, <laughs> hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? You, what's up, MV? Hey, what's up, Trav? Oh, my God, Trav. Hi, babe. <laughs> hey, what's up, boo? How are you? I'm doing good. Where's Charlemagne at? What up, sis? What's up, sis? How you living? I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Listen, man. There's, there's one person I just really don't like. Can I tell you who it is? Who? Uh -oh. Who? Who? Sean Stone, yo. Like, please. Oh, my gosh. Man, no. <laughs> I was never, ever. Do a podcast with him. I think he's still be calling up there fake positive. He still be calling up there boring as hell. Like I would never do a podcast with him. I would never work with him, y'all. Like, I really don't like that man. I think he's fake positive. Sean, you are. I mean, uh, Trav, you already have his soul, bro. What more do you want? Jesus Christ. No, yo, like because this man just be like randomly bringing me up. I have not mentioned this man. I just man like. <laughs> or Charlamagne actually brought you up. He, he, he died in 2019, in December 2019. We had his funeral, <laughs> and he's still trying to bother me. But that's all that I want to y'all. Y'all have a very good morning. He gave me a message Thanks, for Sean. you, Trav. He said he peace say? and love. I thought it was peace and blessings. Peace and blessings, guys. Oh, peace and peace blessings. And blessings, guys. Hey, thank you. All right. Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? Hey, peace and blessings, guys. How you guys Holy feeling today, man? Oh, my God. Wow. We were just talking cow. about you. This, either, either, this is, either this is the way God wants it, or we really need more callers in the morning. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Because <laughs> I'm the number one fan, man. Well, listen, Actually, man. I just want to tell you, yeah. No, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Damn, I didn't want you to say it. I wanted to see if he bought him up randomly. But go ahead, Sean. Oh, oh shout out to Trav, too. But anyway, uh, I just want to say uh, happy belated birthday sure. to myself. I, uh, uh, my birthday just passed on uh, the 20th of September. And, uh, oh, happy born day. Happy belated. Thank you, Ken. Yes, Savage <laughs> birthday. Yes, yes. And also, I want to shout out my mom and my dad because their birthday was on September the 13th and the 14th. And uh, shout out to you, mom and dad, Angela and uh -huh. Alec. And also, I want to shout out my son with his Zoom meeting. He's doing pretty... He's getting comfortable with it, man. When he first started... He was all over the place. His attention was all over the place. And I want to shout out his mom because right now she's staying home to help him out with uh, with school. And I want to thank that black queen for doing a good job, man. Because it's not easy. It's not <laughs> easy, brother. Yeah, right. and, and uh, Charlamagne. Yes, sir. You remember I talked to you about the, po the podcast, right? If That's I did have the that. opportunity to name the podcast, the podcast would be named uh, Face to Face. And the podcast would be like uh, be more Bible based, you know. what I mean to talk about the the the, the where we're from spiritually according to the Bible, you know what I mean. I do have some faith based podcasts uh, coming on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I had some faith based 
podcast oh, originally uh, scheduled to launch with the Black the Black Effect, but you know we didn't get the negotiations done in time. But I definitely have some faith based podcasts coming. Okay, mine mine is totally different because according to mine, it, it tells you that spiritually, before we lived here on this earth, we lived in heaven. You know what I mean? But I don't want to take up too much time. But Sean, may do me a favor when whenever you saying. Uh, Anything about God, just don't put damn and God together. It's not it's not a good look. All right, brother? Peace well, you know, um, I, you, I get what you're saying, but when I heard yeah, Trav you body you in that freestyle last year, man, I had to say, God damn. Oh, my no, goodness. All right. It's just not a, it's not a good thing spiritually, brother. Well, Trav called this morning for you, and he, you oh, know, really? God knows more about the podcast. But, I mean, I'm sure you hear about it later. You have a good morning, though. Okay, I think Trav have a crush on me, man. So shout out to Trav, man. I don't go that way, but... <laughs> I'm cool with Trav, man. I don't got a problem with Trav. I have right. to blame my that's family, and I, I still love them, man. <laughs> all right? All right, well, that's not what he said, but all right. Whenever, whenever, a man, whenever a man says, I don't go that way, but shout out to him, that means he's willing he to go try. that way. That's right. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on the Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, what's going on? This is Frankie. How are you? What's going on? Hey. Get it off your chest. What's happening, man? Hey, I gotta talk to you about that story you just had on there about the the cops being called on the black guy in front of the house. Yes, sir. Yes. Well, let me ask you a question. How is the the cops supposed to go into that situation? I mean, they sounded like they were professional. The guy was willing to, um, you know, accommodate them. He allowed them to do their job. He wasn't confrontational. And, you know, he was saying how that could have gotten so bad and somebody could have gotten shot. But, I mean... Everybody they didn't have to put. They didn't have to put him in handcuffs. They could have checked out his story first. He told them like, "Hey, could you call coach such and such? This is his house. We're the guest here." They could have called the coach and verified the story. They would have definitely did that for a white woman. They would have definitely did that for a white man. I, I listen. How do you know definitely? You know, you guys always speak in the definitive. Because we heard a story yesterday of a woman who took off on a high-speed chase from the police after telling them she's not going to jail. When she said, when they when they said, "Hey, we'll put your hands behind your back. We're going to arrest you," she said, "Nope," and sped off. Nothing happened to her when they finally listen. caught her. Several blocks later. Well, I do want to just um, note one thing from what you said from how I reported the story. When I said things could have gone left, that was more on behalf of the woman calling the cops on people just because she saw two black men in a house that were sitting on the porch. They weren't, she didn't see them breaking in a window. She saw them sitting outside. They'd clearly been living there for a few days. She waved at them. So she could have just engaged. I'm, I'm, so I was referring to her calling the cops for that okay, purpose. But I mean, again, it, it just always seems like it comes down to this definitive, if it was a black man versus if it was a white man. And I just think that, you know, you had to go to like Wisconsin or something to find that story. So, I mean, I'm sure if I scoured the, uh, you know, newspapers of every day, I would find, you know, stories to the contrary. So all I'm saying is that it's not a definitive. It's not a definitive because the cops were white and because the guy was black. Sometimes, Cops are a little more cautious. Sometimes cops are a little more aggressive. It's it's a, a people problem, not a color problem. You know, right now I'm thinking more about how they felt, though. So imagine you were in your house, 
just minding yeah. your business where you're supposed to be, and the cops come in and draw guns on you and handcuff you. Just imagine how traumatic something like that is and how that would make you feel. There's no doubt about it. I agree. That's that what I think about. But you have to understand, the cops are going into this situation, okay, expecting the worst, hoping for the best. They are going to a house where they're told the person that is there is not the owner. The person that called... They didn't have to put him in handcuffs, sir, and you know that. I Have a nice but day. Thank you, thank you for your call because we can't talk about this all day. Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know, and I will say I don't know what the protocol is, and the cops did seem polite the way that I mean, they were that, speaking. And the, the it problem wasn't, is, is the lady but it's just called the police traumatic. on on yeah. on some individuals that she didn't know or didn't see, which I understand too. Lady looks in the house, I don't know who they are, but just the way that it was described, they were described, they weren't doing anything, and like you said, they could have called the people that own the house. Hey, there's some people here. You just don't call the people because you see black people. That you don't. How about how about how about when you finally get to the house, just and once the black person gives you a story, how about following up on that story? Right. You don't have to put him in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. We got rumors on the way, ye. Yes, and uh, where do we start? Well, let's talk about a person who is voting for the first time in this election, and mm-hmm. he didn't even know he could vote. So we'll uh, explain that. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Mike Tyson is 54 years old, and he's never voted before, and he's going to be voting for the first time this year. He tweeted out, this will be my first time voting. I never thought I could because of my felony record. I'm proud to finally vote. And then he put up a link. Uh, to register to vote, and he hashtagged National Voter Registration Day because he was convicted and sentenced to six years in prison, and that was back in 1992 for rape and two counts of deviant sexual conduct, and that stripped him of his right to vote. Now, a lot of state laws throughout the U.S. rule felons ineligible to vote, and about 6 million Americans, which is 2.5% of the nation's voting age population, couldn't vote in the 2016 election because of felony records. But right now, there's been a movement toward restoring convicted felons their right to vote on a state-by-state basis. So in Nevada, they signed a law to restore voting rights to all persons convicted of felony upon release from prison in 2019. All right, now Snoop Dogg, in the meantime, has teamed up with Rock the Vote and One Vote Closer as a social initiative, and this is the first election he's voting in. He said, how the system is set up, I honestly didn't know that I was allowed to vote. Based on my past history, my record has been expunged, so I'm going to be out here this election. I have to get involved as I'm looking around at what's happening in the world right now. I know that we need to make an immediate change, and we can't sit back idle, which is why, along with one app, I partnered with Rock the Vote and One Vote Closer, and he said he's going to be using his influence to let people know the only option is to get out and vote. Oh, salute to those brothers, man. Drop mm-hmm. on the clues bonds for Snoop Dogg and Mike Tyson. Um, if, they, if they found a reason to vote, I'm happy that they're voting. All right, now Ray J is talking about filing for divorce. And, you know, he filed for divorce, and Princess Love found out about it the same time we did online. And here's mm-hmm. what he had to say when he was on The Real yesterday. Did you tell her? No, I didn't. When you're in your own relationship, sometimes, you know, sometimes you do things spontaneously. Sometimes you move too fast. Sometimes you make mistakes, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. uh, I'm not saying that, that that's what I did or I made a mistake, but I don't know if, if I did make a mistake. I don't know, you know what I mean? You know, I have every right to just not know, you know, and still just try to figure it out. 
Now, Jeannie Mai then pressed him about whether or not he wants to be married, not just be with his family, but be married. It seems like you want to get back together. Do you want to get back together yeah. with Princess? I mean, I just, I want to be with my family. Yes, but I want to know, do you want to be married? It, it, the kids, yes, but you have to have a happy family from a happy, stable, loyal marriage. Can Do you want a happy, stable, loyal marriage? That's yes. the happy family part. Yes. As far as counseling, it sounds like the couple does definitely need it, and here's what Ray J had to say about that. I don't know. I just felt like the counseling was more so a hustle. It's like if, if the counselor is on one side, then the other person is, might get mad. So I just felt like it would it would get one-sided. But, hey, maybe we do need counseling. Maybe I might. Oh, would you be open to that now? Would you be open to that? Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, I was. I spent, oh, wow. I spent all weekend, you know, at the house with, with the kids and with Princess and my mom and her friends. And, you know, it was it was a, just a good vibe. And, um, you know, I just had to fall back and go, damn, this is a really, really, really good thing. Now, Princess Love was on Fox Soul with Claudia Jordan. And here's what she had to say about how now she doesn't want to work it out after all this. Princess, do you still love him? I'll always love him. Would you like to work it out with him? Um, I feel like right now we just, I don't know. We just need to just really figure out. No, I don't. Right now? No, I don't. Not right now, I don't. Because I feel like by him, you actually filed for divorce. You made me spend money on a lawyer when we could have just talked about it, went to counseling or something. So obviously you don't want to be married to me. I mean, let's not forget she found out online. So right. that's not an easy thing to find out. Now, she does also say uh, she regrets how she handled the original divorce filing. Why did you decide to work things out? Because, you know, I wanted to fight for my marriage. You know, at the time all that happened, I was pregnant, I was hormonal. And looking back now, I, I really, I realized that I shouldn't have handled it that way. But, you know, when you're trying to get somebody's attention and you want them to know how you feel and it's like, you can't find them, you know, I just, I don't know. Looking back now, I know I shouldn't have did that, but you know, it happened. So you regret saying you wanted to end it? No, I regret putting my business out there. Damn, Ray J. <laughs> I just wish they could handle this inside instead of doing it so public like this, you know? Yeah, I feel sorry for Princess and Ray J. And by the way, people, counseling is not a hustle. Counseling is a resource that helps you and your queen get on one accord. And I wish they could have gotten to that before they, you know, you know, jump to the divorce of it all. Because it sounds like they both have been making a lot of emotional decisions. And that's why you shouldn't move off emotion. You move off strategy. And then yesterday, Princess had the audacity, the unmitigated gall to post that pic of her in a bikini. Don't looking do amazing. that when we're going through something. Don't do that <laughs> when we're going looked, through something. You know her DMs was popping after that. I'm sure Ray looking J all good go on back. the gram when we going mm -hmm. through something. Don't do that. Call the counselor. I don't want a divorce no more. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. We got front page news coming up. What are we talking about? Uh, yes, and we are going to be talking about voting, of course. As we are getting ready for this election, it's so important to make sure that everybody out here is registered to vote and uh, participates and does their part. And you know they are having the first presidential debate next week, and I'll tell you what they'll be discussing. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Enter for a chance to win two high-end cell phones with 12 months of service and $2,500 thanks to Simple Mobile. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. To enter and get rules, visit breakfastclubonline.com.
Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, the Lakers uh, lost last night. They lead the series 2-1. They lost to the Nuggets 114-106. Don't sleep on them goddamn Nuggets. I'm trying to tell you right now. Uh, I don't think the Nuggets are going to win the series, but I think that they can push it to at least seven games. Those Nuggets are no joke. All right. Well, what else we got, Yee? The first presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden will focus on uh, different topics, including the coronavirus pandemic, the Supreme Court, and racial reckoning in this country. And they announced that yesterday. So that is going to be happening, as you know, on September 29th. It'll be happening in Cleveland, Ohio, at Case Western Reserve University. So they said the topics are subjected. Yeah, they said the topics are subject to change, though, based on news developments. But there's six segments. The six segments are... Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. The topics are the Trump and Biden records, the Supreme Mm -hmm. Court, COVID-19, the economy, race and violence in our cities, and the integrity of the election. Yeah, uh, the the topics are subject to change based on how Donald Trump decides to change them. I highly doubt he sticks to the script. And I got my money on Trump in the debate. Uh, Biden simply can't outperform Trump. Trump is a better showman. And I believe Trump is going to hit him with blows that Biden not ready for. Because let's be honest, Democrats don't ever seem prepared. And it's like they will train Biden how to box when Trump is going to come in there like a UFC fighter. He's going to be boxing. He's going to be kicking. He's going to be biting. biting. I don't I don't see it for Biden in the debate. Hopefully but I don't know. A lot of though. times Donald Trump says things that are just untrue, self-serving, so, narcissistic. That's and why I don't you can't think that bodes well debate. in a debate either. It absolutely does because you can't argue with a person like that. You using facts, but he's saying whatever just to right. win the argument. It's and not going like well. to fail. To answer certain questions that that's, that's, are that's even better. That's what Hillary told him. Hillary told Biden. Hillary Hillary told Joe, you've never debated somebody like this because it's a person that's willing to lie and say anything. Anything. You're you're going in there all structured with your facts, and Trump is out there freestyling. I don't know that lying in a debate, though, is a thing that will make people be like, yeah, he did great. But we shall see on the 29th. Can't shame the shameless. All right, and Donald Trump also says the Supreme Court nominee will be announced Saturday at 5 p.m., who is replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg. See? In less than a week. <laughs> I don't even know if funeral arrangements have been made for RBG yet. Come on, man. All right. I've never seen nobody give less of a F than Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell give less of a F. They don't care. Not at all. And that's why I tell everybody, and we've been saying this, and I know yesterday we've been talking about this, but every single day, make sure that you are going to vote. Make sure that you are registered to vote. If you need have any questions or if you want to know how to register to vote, what key dates are, election reminders, you can go ahead and text Levi's, L-E-V-I-S, to 788-683 and get all of that information. But we need to make sure that everybody is out here voting. We told you earlier, Mike Tyson's voting for the first time in this election. So is Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. And make sure you exercise your right. All right. Authorities have arrested three men and one woman in connection with the death of a black man. His body was found burning in a ditch Jeez. in rural Iowa. Yes, one of the men arrested is 31-year-old Stephen Vogel. He's white. He was already in jail on unrelated charges, and now he is facing charges of first-degree murder and abuse of a corpse, according That's to the crazy. Department of Public Safety in Iowa. So uh, authorities received a report of a fire in a roadside ditch on Wednesday, last Wednesday just after 5.30. That man was identified as 44-year-old Michael Williams of Grinnell. 
They said he was killed on or about September 12th, and his body was then wrapped in cloth and plastic, secured with rope and tape, and then they took him to Kellogg on September 16th. That's where his body was set ablaze, according to this statement. So they did know each other, these two men, Williams Mm -hmm. and Vogel, and Vogel's mother, uh, who shares the home with him, will face charges of abuse of a corpse, obstructing prosecution, and accessory after the fact, according to court documents. So... Uh, there was a fourth person also who was arrested, Cody Johnson. He's accused of abuse of a corpse, also an accessory after the fact. And uh, his ex-wife, Williams' ex-wife, uh, J- Janelle Bolt, says that he was a family person. His kids were always important. He has four children uh, and, oh, he has five children. She has four of them. So, yes. Is that crazy? Uh-huh. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, that's very crazy. Crazy is an understatement. They said he strangled him, and according to a witness, this witness alleges that Vogel strangled William, showed him the body, which was in the basement of his house, Mm-mm-mm. and the two of them knew each other for several years. Wow. I mean, that means he really, really hated that person. Yeah, like, really he hated disliked the, him. He hated the sight of that person so much so that him being dead wasn't enough. It's just like, get him out of my face. Let me get him, like, I gotta, I gotta get him away from me. I gotta make his body just disappear. My goodness. All right, well. That we'll is front page news. Yeah. He's gonna leave us there, ye? Get... I know, right? I mean, well, we don't know. Those are the details that we know. They got, geez. I guess, whatever. He strangled him. And this is a black man. You don't have to repeat. strangled him, put him in a ditch in Iowa, burned his body, and now Lord he's being charged, as, long, as well as the people that helped him cover this up. Lord have mercy. All right, well, that's front page news. Now, All right, we, hard reset, guys. Hard reset. Let's go. When One, we two, come three. back, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith will be joining us. We'll kick it with Stephen right. A. So don't move. ESPN's first take. It's the, the legend. Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line, Stephen yes, A. Smith. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Stephen A. How's that Good morning, King. Good to see you. How you feeling today? I'm doing great, man. I hope y'all and all y'all loved ones are good during these crazy times, bro. It's been crazy. It's definitely it been, been crazy. You, you know, I, I watched you yesterday, Stephen A., like I do most days, and, and, and I said to myself, man, you know, Stephen A. said that the Atlanta Falcons is the dumbest NFL team and the head coach Dan Quinn needs to go, but I didn't see you giving – the greatest NFL franchise oh of all time, a franchise that you picked oh to win, win the hey, NFC hey, East, that, the Cowboys, that, any credit for the comeback that, that, Sunday. That, that's, what, that's what he's trying <laughs> to do right there, y'all. And damn Cowboy fans everywhere make me sick, but they deserve His a lot of His timing couldn't have been better. <laughs> oh, my Lord, it was so sickening to watch. I mean, listen, you got five guys surrounding the football, five guys. And they were treating it like they punted the football off to the other team and they were waiting for the football to just go and go so they could get better yardage. No, you're supposed to pounce on the football. And they sat around and waited. And that's how Dallas won the game. I thought it was one of the dumbest, if not the dumbest play that I've seen by an NFL team. Uh, but nevertheless, Dallas was balling. Dak Prescott, hopefully he'll get his money and the whole bit because he deserves it. So what can I say? Dallas won the game. I, I want to thank those players for social distancing from that football at that key oh, moment. That was very important. <laughs> what do you think about oh, these boy. head coaches getting fined for not having their masks on properly? 
Um, I think that it, it's a, it's a, it's appropriate because the NFL has to be a stick. You got to understand that if you come down with a few positive tests, it could ultimately stall a season. And so the mentality is that the players are one thing because they out there balling and they're getting tested and what have you, even though the coaches are going through the same thing. Uh, the bottom line is you want to send the right message that, you know, what, wear your mask. Uh, engage in social distancing to the best of your ability. And the NFL has got to do, you know, they've been doing a great job in doing just that. And they don't want to get lax with the rules because they don't want the season to be potentially compromised. Um, And it's something that the coaches have to adopt. So I understand where they're coming from. Right. Now the Greek freak, let's talk, let's start with the Greek freak NBA. Is he moving on? Is he staying with Milwaukee? Is he going to, my son thinks that he's going to the, to the golden state. That's what my son, my son is betting on that. What What are your thoughts on the Greek freak? First of all, Golden State, I don't think they have the resources in order to get them. Um, you can look at various other teams. I mean, he ain't going to Atlanta or New York in my estimation. Uh, Miami could be a possibility. You never know what Pat Riley could pull off. I personally would like to see him in a bigger market, but nevertheless, uh, it really, really comes down to whether or not the Milwaukee Bucks can get him that bona fide number two dude. Middleton can ball, don't get me wrong. The problem is, is that he's not the guy that you could rely upon night in, night out to do what he did. I think it was like in game four against Boston where he dropped like 26 and said, put it on my shoulders. We don't have the Greek freak. I'm going to handle my business here. He's not that guy on a night in, night out basis. And if you're the Greek freak, that's what you need because with all of his great numbers during the regular season, the bottom line is that he's compromised as a perimeter shooter. And come playoff time, defenses hustle back. They turn you into a half-court offense. You got to be able to hit perimeter shots. And if you can't do that, you're not going to win a championship. So you need somebody else to be able to do that. That's why he wasn't my MVP. That's why I had LeBron James as my MVP. I was one of the 16 dudes, evidently, who voted for LeBron James to be MVP because he was balling out all season long. They had the number one seed in the West. And more importantly, he's got a a proven track record. You know that his limitations are not going to show up come playoff time. Do you think we've reached a point where we've taken we start we started to take LeBron James greatness granted? Um, I don't think so. I think that a lot of people that love him so much interpret it that way because he can be sensitive to that. I don't blame him because I'm one of the guys that, listen, I'm, I don't find myself to be ultra critical of him. I just say he ain't the GOAT. It's Michael Jordan all day, every day, because it matters to me. I agree. You win it. And the road to prosperity that you took. And so when you were in the Eastern Conference and you had D. Wade and Chris Bosh for four years, um, I just look at it from that standpoint that I understand and respect the fact that LeBron James is great. He's on the Mount Rushmore. I think he's top two, top three all time. I'm just mm-hmm. never giving him the edge over Michael Jordan. And because that's the argument that is made against him, people perceive you as hating on him because you won't give him GOAT status. And last time I checked, if I put you on the Mount Rushmore of any sport, let alone basketball, how the hell is that an insult? I'm calling you top two, top three mm-hmm. at the worst all time. That's not hating. That's just saying you ain't Michael Jordan. Now, we got to also talk about those Clippers. Now, what, what, now, when we talk about the Clippers, what should the Clippers do? It seems like the Clippers just have bad luck. There's bad juju. There's, there's something wrong with the Clippers. Stand back. 
stand pat. Don't change a thing. They choked. It was definitely a choke job. Ain't no question about it. Kawhi with the crown dangling from his mirror coming to the season. Remember those commercials that he was doing for New Balance? The crown dangling from his from his vehicle, the convertible. There's a new king that's arrived in L.A. All of this stuff. We were looking, to it all, looking forward to this all year long. Well, LeBron handled his business. You didn't. You didn't show up. You had a 3-1 lead. Uh, Jamal Murray put on a show. The Joker put on a show. Uh, they won games, uh, you know, five, six, and seven. They took you out. Jamal Murray drops 42 in game seven. You're supposed to be an elite defensive team. If you're struggling offensively, okay, fine. How the hell does that explain him giving it to you in a game seven? Him, Paul George, love Paul George. That's my man right there. But it was a choke job by everybody involved. What I would say to you is this. I'm the billionaire Steve Ballmer. I got a team in La La, in L.A. Everybody wants to be in L.A. We don't like the taxes in L.A., but we love being in L.A. That's a weather tax right there. Ain't nobody trying to leave. I'm going to sit up there. I'm going to stand pat. I'm going to say, all right, it was the bubble. Season got interrupted. Stymied the momentum. Some of y'all didn't even want to be here. You wasn't focused. Lou Williams, two-time six-man of the year. We all know Lemon Pepper Lou. We know what happened with Magic City, him going there. That wasn't smart. All right, but he's a good brother, and the people make mistakes. You move on from there. They got the talent. I make them stand pat. I keep everybody in place, including the coaches, and I let them know. You love L.A.? You want to leave? Because I promise you, you don't win this year. I'm getting all of y'all up out of here. That's what I do, and I put them on notice, and I make every single person on that team come back to claim what should have been theirs in a lot of people's eyes this season. Do you think that if the Lakers win this year, which, which I think they will, is there an asterisk? On, on the championship this season? Not to me. There's something to be said about exercising a proper level of discipline. Yeah, we understand that there was a pandemic and it stalled the season, but remember, the season was never canceled. It was postponed. So it's incumbent upon you to stay ready, be prepared, mm-hmm. do what you got to do to come ready to ball. This is definitely a legitimate champion, whoever comes out of this. All right, we got more with Stephen A. Smith. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. EJ, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Stephen A. Smith. Charlamagne? You know, I, I wanted to ask you, because I didn't see this yesterday. How did y'all handle the um, situation with LeBron's son on camera smoking? Did y'all touch that at all? We didn't touch that. We didn't touch that at mm-hmm. all. First of all, I really didn't even know about it. I'm not going to front. I didn't know about it. But secondly, and more importantly, Chances are, Charlamagne, I wouldn't have said anything. You know, that's his mm-hmm. kid, and I'm very sensitive to stuff like that. I'm one of those guys that I really have a problem with how much people publicize him when he's out there playing ball and stuff like that because his dad is still playing. And so mm-hmm. I don't like to invite that kind of scrutiny on a kid. Let the kid be a kid as much as we possibly can. If you see him balling out out there and you want to comment about his game a little bit or something, that's one thing. But um, I, I try – you know, I do everything that I can to avoid talking about people's families and things of that nature, people's personal business and stuff like that. If it's unfortunate you end up in the police blotters, sometimes we have no choice. But outside of that, you know, you just do what you can to make sure you rem- you remind everybody you're human first. He's a kid, and obviously it wasn't the wisest thing to do if that happened. Uh, but, you know, we've all been there. We've all made our mistakes, and, you know, his dad will handle that. That's not for me or anybody else to get into as far as I'm concerned. I just had one last question, too, about Maria Taylor from ESPN and mm-hmm. the comments, the reporter that actually got fired from his job for tweeting about her outfit. Mm-hmm. So how much more difficult uh, do you find that it is for women who get scrutinized who are actually covering sports? 
It's always been more difficult for women, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I will never uh, be away from saying that they ain't, there's not much harder in America than being a black man. Uh, but being a black woman, obviously, is incredibly, incredibly difficult as well. Uh, Maria is class personified. She's an incredible talent. Uh, she's somebody that I know pretty well in this business. She's, she's, a, she's a star on the rise. Uh, unfortunately, that reporter decided, that radio host decided to do what he did, and he lost his job because of it, because you just find yourself scratching your head at the kind of things that are on people's mind, and more importantly, their willingness to go out there and just say it. I mean, it's bad enough you're thinking that way, but how about shutting the hell up and not saying a damn word and just minding your business? But when it comes to women in this business, there's so many stars. I mean, Jamel Hill was a sensational talent for ESPN, um, and I and I miss her being at the network. Uh, Kerry Champion used to host First Take. She's a sensational talent. I miss her being at the network. The list goes on and on. But I would say this, just as black men have to watch every single thing that we do and be mindful and cognizant of the stereotypes and things of that nature that people are going to put out there about us, Women have to do the same thing. That's not to say Maria Taylor did anything wrong because she did not. Uh, but it's just pointing out that you got people out there that have agendas and they're hell bent on stymieing you at every single turn. Be mindful mm -hmm. of that because they're just giving you an indication of what other people in the positions of power might be thinking but might be smart enough mm -hmm. not to say. Now, this is HBCU week, and I'm noticing that a lot of players are – uh, going to HBCUs, a lot of athletes are deciding not to go to your typical schools and, and going to HBCUs. What, what's your thoughts on that? I love it myself. What, what are your thoughts? I'm loving it. As a, as a graduate of Winston-Salem State, which is an HBCU, obviously, uh, I'm loving that as well. And, you know, it's, it's, it's especially that cat that elected to go to Howard University. He's got tremendous potential. He could be a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Um, you know, so I, I think that was a great thing as well. And, you know, HBCU Week is something that we did last year. We had over 1,200 people registered, gave out $4 million in scholarships last year. This year, over 5,000 people have already pre-registered. And so, I mean, when you when you look at it from that perspective and think about the kind of, of opportunities that are available, I tell people this all the time. Me going to an HBCU, I was surrounded by support. And you can't. You, you, you can't put a, a price tag on that. You can't measure the significance of that. Just imagine, like I said, y'all seem to have great, great relationships. That's why y'all show is so great. Imagine coming to work every day uh, with somebody that you don't like, you don't get along with, you don't vibe with, you have no chemistry with. It just makes that climb that much harder. Well, it's the same that applies to young kids, particularly when they're in pursuit of their education. If you go to a university and you don't have that support base, that foundation, those people to be cheerleaders and mentors and to lift you up when you fall, the task or the road to prosperity can be significantly harder to claw your way through. And so for me, going to an HBCU, that's what it did for me. And that's what I try to preach about it to everybody. That's the joy of going to HBCU. People who look like you, people who share your mm -hmm. cultural background identity and all of that stuff, who know what you're going through, who understand it, who are there to lift you up, to motivate you, to push you. All of those different things are incredibly important. That, to me, is the significance of an HBCU. Of course, the education comes with it. You don't get all of that. But that, to me, is what the key is. You mentioned my core maker, and I know you got to go in a few, but you mentioned my cure maker. How, how can college athletes committing to HBCUs, you know, change things for HBCUs? Well, I think it's the attention. I think that the, the, the athletes themselves, we all know that sports assist in bringing that level of attention. Mm 
to an institution university. When you think about it, if you think about North Carolina, what you think about, <laughs> think about basketball, think about Alabama, you think about football. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of institutions that offer similar curriculums, but what really illuminates a university in the mind's eye is how they resonate in the sports world. And so because of that, just imagine cats electing to go to HCU. When you do that, particularly if you have any kind of profile, it forces attention to gravitate towards you. And they can't gravitate towards you without mentioning the school that you're attending. So I just look at it from that perspective, and I think it's all about the attention, the profile. That's where athletes going to those institutions can really, really help, just raising the profile of HBCUs to highlight that you can indeed get an education from there. You can indeed go up against Ivy Leaguers and smoke them. This is what I do every day. Max Kellerman graduated from Columbia. I graduated from Winston. <laughs> I was going to make – how do we make sure these HBCUs get the proper coverage? Because that's the one thing kids are worried about. They want to make sure they get the coverage of some of these other schools, whether it's on TV so they can – get the ranking and they can get in the leagues and they can get those opportunities. I think that's the only fear a lot of these students have with going to HBCU. Well, it's a legitimate fear. And that's something that I've spoken about in the past, but how you offset that is by making sure uh, that you go there and you ball, you perform because when you perform, Mm -hmm. the attention will gravitate to you. And then you got to hope, that that student is mindful enough to turn around and say, okay, let me make sure that I mention the importance of being here at this HBCU and I highlight what it's done for my life, my future, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how it goes about because you're operating behind the eight ball from the standpoint that those other institutions, D1s, colleges, the big time D1 colleges, they have the television contracts. That's really where it stands out. Even with college football right now, just think about this for a second. Most of college football said we're not going to take the risk. We're not going to have a season this year due to the coronavirus pandemic. But it ain't stopping the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10. Ain't stopping them now. Why? Because there's so much money to be made, particularly from the television networks, that they can't they can't help but continue to go forward and play because to them it's worth the risk. When you are in at an HBCU, obviously the television networks and what have you hope they will gravitate towards you, but it's going to be up, uh, incumbent upon you to perform and to make sure you do what you can to bring attention to the HBCU. I'm on TV every day, and what do I do? I bring attention to Winston-Salem State and HBCUs every chance I get because I understand the importance of articulating that message. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Stephen A. Smith. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking in with Stephen A. Smith. Charlamagne? Stephen, a couple more questions before you get out of here. You mentioned Max Kellerman and how you smoke him every day. Sometimes I get the feeling that you really don't like Max Kellerman. Like, you're really disgusted by some of the things that come out of his mouth. Is, is that true? Well, let me say this. I do. I, I, it's false. I actually do like him a lot. He is a really, really good guy. But you are right when you say sometimes I do get very, very disgusted with this kind of stuff that comes out of his mouth. Uh, you know, and I'm not apologizing for that. That's my man. He's my partner on first take. He does a hell of a job. He's incredibly intelligent. All of that stuff is true. And, and, and we all know this. We can disagree with somebody, you know, and still don't hate him. We just disagree with them. But there are mm-hmm. times that he speaks and, you know, it, it's like he, he's trying. And I've told him this before. You're trying to act like you're a brother. I don't give a damn who you are. You ain't that. Mm-hmm. You understand? You don't have <laughs> don't really know. And so there have been times where I have felt the need to check him on that matter. But that's all. It's like his heart is in the right place. Uh, but he's the kind of person that he reads a lot. He's highly intelligent and he thinks that reading and that knowledge gives him a level of expertise that myself, you, 
or, or DJ Envy or anybody else might have. And I'm like, nah, that's not true. There's certain mm-hmm. things about our experience you can't get in the book. And I'm not saying he says that literally or feels that way literally, but with some of the comments, he comes across that way. And if I get annoyed, I will check him. But then I will, I will, I will go and I will talk to him after if necessary. <laughs> and I always let him know, you know, we teammates, I got you. But again, just like you would disagree with me if I said something, uh, you know, about that's relevant to the Jewish community. If I think you said something out of pocket that's pertaining to the black community, I'm going to let you know. And I think a lot of times, Charlemagne, he looks at things from a very altruistic perspective. He looks at things about the way, and he admitted this, he looks at things the way they should be. I look mm-hmm. at things the way they are. So I'm mindful of saying stuff and promoting and pushing stuff that I think are going to lead black people down a dead-end path or something even worse. I might know that we're absolutely right, but I'm like, wait a minute. It's the, you got to think about the forest from the trees. If Charlemagne is going down, I'm cool with Charlemagne. Well, guess what? I got a lot of respect for this brother. If I see you doing something and I think that that's going to hurt you, even if I know mm-hmm. you're right, I'm going to say, yo, bro, marathon, sprint, make a decision. You're doing this. That's not, that might not be the way you want to go because you might get that off your chest, but it might cost you here. He's the type of person that says, damn all of that. And I'm like, that's easy for you to say because you ain't black. So you don't know. But I do know. So fall back. And there have been times in our, in, in, in our time with one another that I've had to say that to him. But it's always knowing that his heart is in the right place, that he's a really good brother, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be working with him. Remember when he used to be a rapper back in the day? Yeah, I, I heard about that. You know, you know, you always got them with them Eminem wannabes. You know, you know, you, you get all of that. Which is what I do. But he, he damn sure rapped better than me. I never tried to, so I ain't playing. Now, 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 is your OG partner coming back yeah. to first take? Is Skip Bayless coming back to first take? That's what we're hearing out here. No. He's not. Simple as that. Like you, you can no. say that without a shadow of a doubt. Max is under contract for the next two and a half years at a minimum. Uh, I think Skip, if I remember correctly, I thought his contract was up. He's about to sign a new deal. Uh, that doesn't mean that we can't reunite in some capacity somewhere down the line because there's a lot of things that I got planned for myself, um, and I de- and that's still my brother from another mother. Um, I got a lot of love from. Remember, he's the one that brought me the first take. And so, you know, I'm very mindful of that, and, and we're still very close, even though I always disagree with him. Uh, but in the end, the bottom line is that he got his thing going on. I got my thing going on. In terms of him coming back to first take, I can't see that happening in the near future. But I wouldn't rule out the possibility that he and I will reunite in some capacity down the line. I just don't think it'll be first take. Right now, Max and I are rolling. We're still number one. And uh, I've been number one in the mornings for the last six and a half, seven years. So I'm going to roll with that. Uh, there's no reason to look at, look in any other direction. But, again, I'm not limiting my opportunities to just first take. But in terms of your question about first take directly, it will be me and Max. But don't rule out Skip and I reuniting in some capacity in the future. Who knows? Go. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us, brother. Listen, and man, thank you so much. This. Can y'all make sure to send everybody to hbcuweek.org? Could y'all do that for me, please? Sure, uh, absolutely. Done. Register. Just let that hbcuweek.org. Uh, we already got over 5,000 people registered. We raised over $4 million last year in two hours. Uh, we're going to plan on doing some big things this week as well, man. I appreciate y'all so much. Keep up the great work. All thank right. Thank you. Thank you so Stephen much. A. Stephen A. Appreciate Smith. You. 
It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, so Quavo is not feeling academics right now. And I can't blame him. Academics is talking crazy about Saweetie, and you know that's Quavo's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And here's what Academics had to say. Let me tell you why why Saweetie is trash to me. Saweetie is only a cute face that, number one, doesn't write, but but a lot of women don't. It's fine. But she's remaking old songs. She's basically taking an old song that was already a hit and making a girl version and putting it out. Do we call that talking crazy, though? I mean, if your woman is an artist and she's getting critiqued on her music, you may not like it, but it's nothing to want to fight a person over. I, I don't think Ak is, Ak is talking crazy. He's critiquing music. And if he was talking about her appearance or something, something other than music, I get it. But just music. He did critique? also talk about her appearance, though. I mean, not in a negative so way. She was just a pretty face and she couldn't yeah. rap, right? Something like that. That's just I mean, a, such a way to demean a woman, too, as an artist. And then he said most female artists. You know, I think that was all just... I didn't like that as a woman. I mean, ninety percent of it was about ninety percent of it was was about the music, though. I, from what I heard just now. Anyway, um, but can you blame Quavo for being mad? No, um, I can't blame him. For I, being I, yeah, mad. I don't. I, I mean, I, I can understand him being upset, but he's been in the industry long enough to know that people are going to critique your music, and I mean, even if it's your woman, they're going to critique your your woman's music too. I can understand him being upset, but nothing to like. Well, I think he should have. I think you should anticipate that. He didn't say he was gonna beat him up. Here's what he said: Pull up and chop it up like a man. I promise I ain't gonna hit you. Just wanna play you these new Migos records since you think ish sweet and stop bashing my girl. She's a female, but if I tell her going yo ish, she would. So what the trash word internet girl? He did put the fist emoji too though. <laughs> and that, and he that's just classic. Said I ain't gonna uh, hit you. Yeah, that's classic. Hey, come outside. I just wanna talk, bro. I just wanna talk. <laughs> I just want to talk. Come outside real quick, man. I just want to talk to you, man. All right. Well, uh, academics also had something to say about the Migos. Migos are absolutely on the clock. They were the hottest group on earth after Bad and Bougie, after a really successful run of really great singles. Then at that point, they started licensing and selling the cool to everybody else. We saw them with football players here. We saw them doing this. And by the way, great business moves. But with the Migos, they were a street rap group. We, we, we're used to these motherfuckers in a band on this and third. All of a sudden, these all of they're only in the Hollywood Hills, Beverly Hills. They look like they've lost the street presence, the street essence. I don't agree with that either. Like, I don't think the Migos have fell off. We live in an era where if you're not red hot, uh, if you're not all over the radio, uh, you know, you're not dropping music every week, people just think you fell off. Like, you can't just take a break. The Migos have been out here for a long time. How long have the Migos been out? A decade? Oh, they do have a new, they do have a they new have a song. New record. They performed, they did perform it at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. It's called Birkin. Listen to this. She won the Birkin. I told her Birkin. She won the Birkin. I told her Birkin. She won the Birkin. I told her Birkin. She won the Birkin. I told her who? A hundred thousand for a bag. That's a whole lot of cash. I bought a watch and made a glass. And got the cool so I can drag. I bought a bag and made a mad. I bought the bag just to brag. It's saying someone fell off is very, 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 very harsh. They're just not the red hot act of the moment. Right. But to say they fell off, like, nah, come on, man. Migos been around for All a right, long well, time. Academics also tweeted out, by the way, I love Quavo take off and offset. I critique for them to elevate. Certainly not hate. Been a fan of them for a long time. Being a fan though is sometimes challenging the artists you love. That's that's very true too. Like, I mean, we can all, we're entitled to have an opinion on the music, good or bad. Once you release it to the public, it's, it's up to us to decide whether we like it or right. not. And those discussions are going to happen.
And then the artists can feel the way that they want to feel, too, though. Can't you just say I didn't like the new single they just put out? Instead of saying they, like you said, fell off. You got to give people time. I mean, been putting I mean, this, for this years. the thing with critiques. You could critique, you could say whatever you want to mm-hmm. say about a person's project, a person's album, a person's anything. And then an artist can reply how they want to reply. Like, right. academics ain't the end all be all when it comes to, you know, Absolutely. commenting on anything. Either is Charlemagne, either is me, either is you. It's how we feel about a record. It's regular right? people. It's, pe- it's people on social media. <laughs> like, they're they the worst more than anybody. And by the way, uh, your critique can be critiqued too. Just like academics critique is being critiqued right right now by us. All right, now let's talk about DJ Booth. He did an Instagram live session. You know, he was Wendy Williams' DJ just recently. Uh, Sus One has took over that spot. We're not sure what happened with DJ Booth and Wendy Williams, but he went on live to let us know that there was some type of dirty laundry situation going on. Here's what he said. It's about to be crazy, yo. God don't like ugly. And this little DJ... Is a powerful mo- I ain't know I was this powerful. Guys, I ain't know I had this much weight, bro. I feel thankful. I'm blessed. You know, you never know who really f- with you, yo. And when I say shit about to be crazy, it's about to be crazy. I don't got the juice. I don't got the tea. I got the f- coffee. Now, who is Booth talking about in that video? Is he talking and about And by the way, I, I would... One? Now would be a great time for I'm me sure to plug the fact that I, I'm sure it's I do Wendy. have a coffee company called Coffee Uplifts People. Since people want to spill the coffee, you know, make sure you check us out. But yes, continue. You should sponsor. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just wondering who is, who is he talking about in that video. Yeah, you should talk. You should sponsor DJ Booth. That'd be a great sponsor right now, yeah. Because I've right, never heard about some coffee. Thing. Coffee. That's spilling. right. Yeah, you should definitely we're spilling the coffee. Mm-hmm. All right, we're in. Is that because coffee is stronger than tea? Maybe it can be. Mm. <laughs> I just want to know who Booth's talking about in that video. Who's talking about Sus One or Wendy? I'm sure Wendy. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know if he does. He know some tea on. Well, we I'm don't know. Sure we, don't, we don't know. I'm sure he does. We don't know. Well, all I know is if I was a uh, that Bar Mercury or you know Lionsgate or whoever's behind that situation. I would make sure Booth has been uh, paid accordingly, and I would have make. <laughs> I'd make, make sure I'll make sure Booth is happy. I would make sure Booth <laughs> yeah, is happy. I would have make sure Booth, uh, Booth's, Booth's uh, severance was 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 intact. That's what I'm mean. sure. I'm sure he knows where the bodies are. I'm sure he knows where the bodies are, and you don't want to. Would get y'all him think he was? Would y'all think he was wrong for exposing that though? Uh, it no. depends if he was done dirty. We don't know. Yeah, nobody. Well, yeah, we don't know what happened in that situation. But if I'm he was done asking, dirty, you don't know, think because I would feel right. away. Nobody's I mean, wrong for telling right. their story. And don't and, and back in in New York, didn't they say Boofin was sticking something up your ass? Yes, Boofin was sticking something up your ass. Wait, wait, you don't want Boof, Okay, so you don't want Boof to pull something out his ass. All right. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to keep all those skeletons in his ass. You want him to keep all of his Boofin. All right. <laughs> don't let Boof pull out. All right. Well, you know, Boof is gonna be okay regardless. So Oh, he's gonna be fine. Let's, let's see how this plays out. I'm Angela Yee. Check from corporate America. Hey, you just can't do people dirty. When you do people dirty, hey. Yeah. Very you true. just don't want him to pull nothing Get out dirt. of All yeah. right. I hope, y'all, I hope y'all been doing right by DJ Booth, Dead by America and Lionsgate. And I really do. All right. And don't forget, Ask is coming up next hour, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can get on the phone lines right now. But donkey today, who are you giving that donkey to, Charlemagne? Uh, I need this the seat chief executive of Wells Fargo, Charles Scharf, to come to the front of the congregation. There is a lesson to be learned here today. It is a teachable moment. Corporate America, listen up. 
All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You get donkey of the day, yeah, you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for donkey of the day. Donkey of the day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eyes. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the donkey of the day. They chose you. Yeah. The breakfast club, bitches. Who's donkey of the day today? Donkey of the day for Wednesday, September 23rd goes to Wells Fargo and co-chief executive Charles Scharf. Now, Charles Scharf pissed off some black employees this summer. You know what? I don't know if pissed off the employees is the correct term. It's more like black employees are exhausted. All right. That's what whiteness can be. Exhausting. We get fatigued during these fights. It's been a long, long fight. And one thing about the fight against systemic racism, it's going to always come down to stamina. And we is tired. Okay. Well, Charles Scharf exhausted black folks yet again this summer on a Zoom meeting. Oh, Lord. Now, I know my brothers and sisters was exhausting all by itself, but uh, Charles, he made all of us sleepy when he was discussing Wells Fargo not being able to reach its diversity goals because there was not enough qualified minority talent. I repeat, okay, Charles Scharf, Wells Fargo chief executive, said Wells Fargo is not able to reach its diversity goals because there's not enough qualified minority talent. Case sarah, sarah. Now imagine a company-wide memo goes out announcing diversity initiatives as nationwide protests are breaking out over George Floyd and your company, in this case Wells Fargo says, and I quote, well it might sound like an excuse. The, un the unfortunate reality is that there is a very limited pool of black talent to recruit from. Mm -hmm. Basically, we would love to put some of you Negroes in leadership positions, but y'all simply don't exist. Can you imagine an NBA executive saying that? Of course you can't, because it doesn't happen. Even when the talent pool is so-called low in a draft, they will draft someone, all right? They will draft a lot of people, you know? Somebody gets the opportunity. Hell, Charles, all those mediocre mayonnaise-flavored mammals y'all put in leadership positions on a regular basis, y'all will scrape the bottom of the Hellman's jar when it's empty to be able to spread that thick, cold sauce all over a company. But when it comes to black folks, we simply don't exist. Story of our lives. Now, Charles, let me use myself as an example. Um, in 2016, I tweeted out, would be dope if a young black or Hispanic woke woman, I even put woke in quotation, use social media to create a platform to be a voice like Tommy Lauren did. Yes, I posted that. Totally tone deaf tweet for one reason. All those women already existed. Not only did they already exist, I was already working and had worked with several of them. Charles, all that qualified minority talent that you are saying doesn't exist, trust me, it does. That limited pool of black talent that you are saying is dry is full. You just don't have the creative eye to see it because all you do is see America through a white lens. This is what happens when you have white privileged pupils. Okay, for all those folks who want to make the white in their eyes whiter, this is how you do it. Be a white person in a leadership position at a company and be asked to find black talent. I agree with AOC, who tweeted out yesterday, 
Perhaps it's the CEO of Wells Fargo who lacks the talent to recruit black workers. I also agree with Ken Bacon, a former mortgage industry executive who is on the boards of Comcast, uh, Ally Financial, and Well Tower, Inc. He is quoted in this NBC News article saying, there is an amazing amount of black talent out there. If people say they can't find the talent, they either aren't looking hard enough or don't want to find it. I'll take don't want to find it for 500, Alex. Charles, the only people who should be in a bubble right now is the four remaining NBA teams and the staff that makes the NBA move. All right, that same bubble, okay, is the same insular bubble most white people living in all their life see, okay? When I was young, my mother encouraged me. In fact, damn near demanded that I read things that didn't pertain to me. Therefore, even on a dirt road in Mount Corner, South Carolina, I knew other people's cultures and places existed. When she told me to read things that didn't pertain to me, I immediately started reading Judy Bloom and Beverly Clearly. Ramona Quimby and her family introduced me to the white middle class. Okay, Margaret, from all you there, God, it's me. Margaret made me realize white people believe in God and actually called on God for help. I didn't know. I was a kid. I thought white people called other white people for help, not God. The moral of the story is when you're black, you're forced to, you're forced to know what's going on with other races, especially the white race. If not for anything else, survival. Charles Scharf, chief executive at Wells Fargo, like most white people in positions of power, will never have to know any black people in order to simply survive. Here's the thing about guys like Charles, and this is a lesson for all of corporate America. If you want your company to be a company not a plantation, then hire folks who have the eyes and ears to see and hear diverse candidates and go out of their way to find these diverse candidates or give the black, the brown, the women in your company the experience to qualify for senior roles. And all you Negroes who get in senior roles at these companies, who are already in senior roles at these companies, the ones who have hiring power, don't get in these positions and adopt the energy of your oppressors. Don't be just happy to be there. When you find yourself in that position, it is imperative, it is required of you under the laws of God and blackness to lift other black people up with you. That's how you keep the Charles Sharps of the world dancing for you instead of us dancing for them. Now, there is a Wells Fargo employee who wants to remain anonymous who told NBC News there simply is no lack of talent. I can get them 10 to 15 resumes today. Well, Breakfast Club reaches a lot of people. Tens of millions between the podcast and the radio show. I know that it is quite a few people that can hear my voice right now. So let's have a petty party but a petty party with a purpose. And it's not even really being petty. It's a professional petty party. For all you qualified brothers and sisters out there with resumes, send them to this email. Get a pen. Pull out your phones. I'll give you some time. I'll wait. Just wait for you to get it together. Okay? Got it? Ready? Good. Send your resume to charles.sharf. Sharf is spelled S-C-H-A-R-F. Charles. Dot Sharf, S-C-H-A-R-F, at wellsfargo.com. Charles.Sharf at wellsfargo.com. Tell them you were referred by me, Uncle Charlotte, Charlemagne the God, Leonard McKelvey, whatever you want to call, call me. Tell them you were referred by me, and in the subject, put qualified black in all capital letters. See, Charles needs to know we exist. 
because once he knows we exist and he's flooded with tens of thousands of resumes, he will have no corporate excuses to cover his potential racism in the future. Oh, the mayonnaise was heavy with this one. Please let Kathy Griffin handle my white work. I mean, I mean light work. Please give this giant jar of mayo the biggest hee-haw. Uh -huh. uh -huh. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. That's right. Up Please next. remember uh, charles.sharf at wellsfargo.com. Sharf is spelled S-C-H-R-F. Please send him your resumes with the subject qualified black. Use me as a reference. Thank you. All right. Ask Ye is next. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, hit Ye now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What you want know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Ye. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on. Need relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep the bread. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time for Ask Ye. Hello, who's this? What's up? This Fresh Power from Baltimore. What's up, man? What's your question for Yeezy? Yeah, I want to ask Ye, like, how can I get my girl to just uh, understand I want to move into a new spot? Like, we live together, but I mm -hmm. want to get a new spot for me and my son. But she feel like we should just, they, they are not her kids, by the way, but she feel like we should stay under one roof, and I don't know what I should do about that. Wait, you want to move away from her, even though y'all live together no, right we, now? It, it sounds crazy. Females, y'all make things sound crazy. Don't do it like no, that. No, I'm, I'm trying to clarify it, because it does sound <laughs> so, listen, so listen, I just want to move into a spot that raised my sons under one roof instead of, like, we can commute, you understand? It's not like I want to move away from her. I love her to death. Her name is Tamika. Um, she's she's my heart, but I just want a spot for me and my son. Like I don't I don't think it's wrong. You know what I mean? I'm confused. Why can't they? Why can't she be with you there if you guys are together? All right. So look, when you're a young man and you got two kids, they 13 and 11. Like I feel mm -hmm. like we got to do better for our children. So me stepping out is something to show leadership in our community. So having multiple people around sometimes could, you know, like far as religion or like me, I'm into vegan food now. So these things could be confusing if you're trying to teach your upbringing, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like one roof, you know, one head of household, they can understand, you know, where I'm coming from with this. And like I said, I love her. I just want to teach them under one roof instead of, you know, the kids come at you. Oh, why can't, I, I just, all right, a couple questions here. So are you going to be the primary caregiver for your kids? Like, is it a, a joint custody situation with the mom? What's yeah, going on with joint, that? It's joint custody with me and the mom, but but like I said, as far as raising them and teaching them different, you know, you know, values in life, I feel like the man should be there, you know, mostly. And they should see how it should be. Like, if they have kids in the future, they should be, you know, dedicated to keeping the kids under one roof and you know, being that, that, that role model they need because there's a lot of fake role models out here. Kids can be looking up to anybody and they don't have no values or morals. So I feel like, you know, it's easy for them to be swayed. You know what I mean? A lot Do of you see yourself women... married to your girlfriend or together for the long term? Oh Does she know God. your children? Oh my God. I want my, I want my, uh, I want my, uh, yeah, I do. I love her to death for real, but I still feel like I should be able to do this with my kids. Like, I, don't, I don't feel like it should be a, I don't understand you know, why these things are mutually exclusive, though. Why can't you be with your woman who you want to marry and also raise your kids 
at the same time under the in a bigger house with your girl it's like jealousy between women my son they they're young black men so they're gonna say stuff and then she comes to me like why do you say that and what you know what i'm saying so it's always uh it's always so so your your child your children's mother and your girlfriend don't get along I'm not sure if they don't get along, but I know they don't like each other. They don't talk at all, but I know that they, they don't. You know what your sons need to see? They need to see a functional relationship and a blended family situation. They need to see that if this is a woman you want to be with and you want to marry, they need to see her being able to communicate with their mother because, of course, any mom would not want their kids around a woman who she doesn't know or like. Right, exactly. And you need to work on that relationship. If this is somebody you see yourself with, because I'm not going to lie, if I was in her situation, we live together now, you want to move out because you say you want to be able to, when your kids come to see you and stay with you, be in a roof with just you under there with them, I would feel like that means you don't see a future with us. Yeah, she said that, and it's, and, I was, and it's almost making me feel like I'm being stripped between the two. Like, I shouldn't be able, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, I understand I'm not being, dis, you know, dismissive, um, I'm very aware of the situation, and, um, you know, it's just something we got to work through, but... I'm- yeah, maybe it does feel like something you guys have to work through because, you know, I just think you got to work on that relationship between the mom and your girlfriend, and if this is somebody you really want to be with, that should be the first thing that you do, right? So that she's comfortable right. with her kids being around this woman and yes. so that she feels secure also. Because I think, uh, to set an example for your kids, look, the relationship didn't work out with their mom and you're in love with somebody else, and this is the other person you want to be with, they need to see those functioning relationships. I think that's a great example. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just kind of confusing because I, I still love her too. Like, we're all great friends, but it's just okay. kind of, yeah, it's just kind of confusing for real. But so you kind of want to be with the mom, with their no, mom? No, hell no, not hell. Okay, I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I just love and respect her. Like, is it, I wouldn't, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it. She's a beautiful woman. they both beautiful women, but... I want to move on with the one I'm with now. She's more like together, if that makes okay. sense. Well, part of that moving on is making sure that you guys can all actually get along and know each other and be adult about it and set that example. So I can see where she's coming from, and I think you should look at it from her point of view as well. I don't think you should have to make a choice between the two. Why can't they coexist? I agree, Angela. I agree. I agree. Hey, King, I just want to tell you too, man, um, I can hear the Baltimore on your breath, so I just want you to know that I'm praying. I'm praying for you. Charlamagne, DJ Evan, y'all follow me on Instagram, Fresh Pop, F R E S. Oh my goodness! I'm not gonna be able to do that. All right, have a good one, man. Ask ye. 800-585-1051. If you need advice, any type of advice, hit it now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Hey, how you doing, um, Envy? This is Des Moines. Good morning, man. What's your question for Yee? Hey, good morning. Um, so, like, it's a relationship question. I, um, of late, me and my girl, we've been getting into it. Um, so I noticed, like, when it comes to her admitting, like, when she does, like, crazy stuff, she has a hard time admitting it. Like, literally, we're going to get, we're seeking counselors now. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is a good way to just, like, you know, break the ice when it comes to, oh, man, you did some, you did something crazy. I mean, I understand you justify, like you justify, but. Give me an like, example. Like, 
right, so she cut my car. Right, I'm driving her to work. I'm venting to her. She didn't like it. Mid, like, literally in front of her job, mid-moving, I'm turning the car. She cuts my car off, throws it in park. Wow. Like, opens the door, jumps out the moving car. Like, oh, my justified, gosh. Justify it by saying, hey, I told you I wanted to get out of your car. And I'm just like... Yo, that's so how, what's your response? Let's let's have a mock conversation now. So she says, yeah. all right, I told you I'm trying to get out the car. You didn't stop the car, so I turned it off and jumped out. I mean, what you expect? What's my response? Mm-hmm. I'm going to call the cops, man, because you're not understanding. What? Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call the cops because it was dangerous. Know. I don't know. Because, like, I tried to tell her, like, what she was doing was dangerous. The other driver, you know, we could have crashed, man. And she's just like, no, nah, I don't care. So you like, tell you going to call the cops? The cops? Yeah. How would you feel if she told you she was going to call the cops? This guy's crazy. She should have if she had to jump out of a car, moving car. That's how I felt. This this sounds like a whole situation. I don't need to be together. You don't call the cops on her, bro. I mean, I didn't agree with that, but I mean, I just thought it was a little crazy what she did. You can't respond to crazy with crazy also, though. I mean, here's what my thoughts are, right? When it comes to calling somebody out on something they've done that is wrong, instead of telling them, you're wrong, you did this, you did that, you have to talk about how it makes you feel. That's something that I've learned. Like, look, when you did that, it made me feel this way. Because that's not accusatory. That opens the door for communications. And then it's also you expressing your thoughts on the situation and how you felt. And then now you can ask her, well, how were you feeling when you did that? This is how it made me feel. Instead of saying, you always do this, you never do that. That's accusing. You have to say, okay. And I think that's the best way to start is just talking about your own feelings, your own emotions, why you have some concerns. Because it feels like things blow up into a bigger situation. She does something, then you do something to be even worse. It's like a tit for tat. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, tats are really big tats. But see, look, and here you are again. You know, you just, you got to take responsibility too. Like, what are you doing that contributes to her behavior? Not that she's right, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you have to be wrong as well. Because that is a, you do this, so I do this. And then you did this, which was worse than what I did. And she's looking at it like, no, what you did was worse than what I did. If you know what we decided to do, so we're going to get, like, a counselor, but we don't know the correct counselor to get. I thought it was, like, a behavioral health counselor. I don't know. I thought, like, maybe Charlemagne could. um, I tried to reach him online, but I know he's busy. Maybe he could tell me. What type of counselor? Yeah, to talk to I go to therapy, bro. I go to therapy every week. Um, I, I don't. I, I've, I've done couples counseling before with my wife, but that's not a frequent thing that we do all the time. I do my own personal self work every week via a therapist though, and a sacred purpose coach. But yeah, I think you guys need couples counseling. And I will say for yourself, what might help in your conversations is if you do own up and take responsibility for what you do. You can say, "I know that my reaction was wrong." All right. And start right. there and say, but but the reason I did that was because I felt this way when you did this. And this was my reaction. And my reaction was wrong. And I apologize for that. And it's great when you can start with an apology for your actions because then that leads her to apologize for what she's done. Mm, okay. But somebody got to be the bigger person and take that first step. Okay. I, I appreciate you guys. All right. You hey. hang that number? <laughs> Find him somebody to talk to now. Lord have <laughs> Please. mercy. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. Now, you got rumors on the way? 
Yes, let's talk about time. They have put out their 100 most influential people issue, and we'll tell you uh, some people who made the cut and the cover. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk time's most influential people. It's about time. What's going on? This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right, Time Magazine has put out the list of the most 100 most influential people of 2020. And these are influential people from all over the world. These are uh, different categories like pioneers, artists, titans, leaders, and icons. You know, it's pretty interesting uh, to see how they did it this year because they also have each person profiled by a famous fan or an admirer of theirs. For instance, Dapper Dan was written about by Missy Elliott. Uh, Denzel wrote about Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Elton John about The Weeknd. He said, The Weeknd is a mysterious figure in an era when mystery is rare in pop. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade are also featured. Meg Thee Stallion. Uh, Just a lot of different people that deserve these accolades. Yeah, salute to the Black Lives Matter founders, um, Alicia Garza. Alicia has a book think it's out or coming out called The Purpose of Power that I want to read. I want to have Alicia on the show. I, I, I love Alicia's energy. She's got a great spirit. Right. So if you want to see the full list of the 100 most influential people in the world, you can go over to Time's website. Uh, by the way, Donald Trump and Joe Biden made the list. So did Kamala yeah. Harris, Dr. Fauci, Jay Balvin, mm-hmm. Jennifer Hudson, Tyler Perry, Angela Davis, Selena Gomez. Yeah, I saw Trump on that list. So I wonder what the definition of influence is. For Time Magazine. He I mean, influences some any, people. I, <laughs> he d- yeah, he definitely does. does I mean, but I mean, you know, I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess it doesn't matter if it's a positive or a negative influence. I guess. I don't know. All right. Vanessa Bryant is suing the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and Sheriff Alex Villanueva. That's for leaking that photo of the helico- helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and their daughter Gianna and other people as well in January. So it's a civil claim, and they are seeking undisclosed damages to remedy civil rights violations, negligence, emotional distress, and violation of privacy. That's devastating. Damn, mm-hmm. It is devastating, because even if they win, it's not going to take away any of that trauma. It's not going to take away any of that emotional distress at all. <sighs> all right, and shout out to 50 Cent. His power book, too, Ghost, has been renewed for his second season. So congratulations hey. to them. A record-breaking premiere. Yeah, chapter 5. Let me tell you something. I've been watching that I, show. Let me- I, I, I might be a prisoner at the moment. It's possible. I think I really love Ghost 2. I love the casting of Ghost 2 more than I love the two. original Power. And I know that's mm-hmm. crazy to say because, you know, we had like six, seven seasons of Power. But I love Mary. I love that family. Like, I love Woody as the son playing Kane. I love Mary as the aunt. I love the, I love the, the husband that's incarcerated. Everything was good. Yeah, that, that I, I, it was I love well Memphis the attorney. Mm-hmm. I think Tariq is killing it. I love Tasha and Jet. Like I really like uh I like I like power too. Ghost. I really do. And shout out to my girl Natori, man. I got my free Tasha shirt that I was wearing the other day. So how, how long before ghost out? how long before ghost shows up as a ghost though? You know power like to show us uh spirits on these shows. How long before ghost shows up as a ghost? Well, 50 Cent posted, when I had the idea to create the power universe, I knew there were going to be many levels to its success. I'm glad the fans agree. I am looking forward to releasing Raising Canaan and Force soon. Executive producer, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. There you go. I enjoy it. 
thoroughly enjoyed. And I can see how they setting up the Tommy show. Is the Tommy show for us? I can see how they setting that up in this one. All right, now, Rick James' miniseries, Brothers Keeper, is officially in development. So that should be something uh, pretty fun to watch. It was recently confirmed. It's a seven-episode miniseries about the life of Rick James and his brother, former manager, Leroy Johnson, and it's in development with a 2021 filming date. So you'll get a chance to get an in-depth look at his life along with his brother and former manager. I hate the name. I hate the name. Uh, there should be no Rick James miniseries or biopic that's not titled I'm Rick James, bitch. James, bitch, yeah. That's, that's well, it's it. It's about him and his brother, who was also his manager, so that's why it's called Brother's Keeper. All right, well, maybe I'm Rick I James. I like I'm Rick James, brother. bitch. Yeah, I like that better, I'm, too, yeah. I'm Rick James, I'm, I'm Rick brother, James brother. I'm Rick, yeah, I'm Rick James' brother, bitch. That could work. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Shout out to Jermaine Dupre. Today is JD's birthday, so happy birthday to JD. Also, happy birthday to Pecos. Today, Pecos turns 50. Ooh, so, Pecos. Hey, Pecos. Pecos. All right, Pecos. 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 to JD, too. But Pecos Sounds was like a, oh, man, we can't, he can't even have a little pool party. It's a little cold out. Not too cold now. All right, but let's get in the mix. Let's start off with some JD. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Enter for a chance to win two high-end cell phones with 12 months of service and $2,500 thanks to Simple Mobile. Simple Mobile, out with the old, in with the simple. To enter and get rules, visit breakfastclubonline.com. Hey everybody, it's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line this morning. We have Dr. Torian Easterling. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good morning. First and foremost, thank you for everything that you've been doing. Right now, during this pandemic, I know it's a rough time for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we're coming out of a sobering weekend. Uh, I mean, we just uh, just hit the mark over 200,000 deaths here in the United States. And I think it's a, it's a reminder of the moment that we're in. Uh, and I think this is why uh, I'm here. And thank you so much for allowing me to join uh, the show this morning to talk about the importance of the flu vaccine this year. Uh, we know that this is going to be a really important year. Uh, all of the public health officials and experts are really showing how, uh, because of the emergency and the pandemic that we're in, uh, we really have to send out the message that it's going to be really important to get your flu vaccine this year, more than any other year that we've uh, we've been through. I've been talking to a couple of doctors, and they said that, you know, if you take the flu vaccine, it, you know, it'll help with the COVID virus because you know what you have and what you don't have. You can tell the difference between just a regular cold or the flu or what's going on with COVID. So they're saying that definitely kids and, and older people should definitely take this vaccine this year. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, anyone over six months of age uh, should take the flu vaccine. It's going to be specifically important for young kids. It's going to be specifically important for our elders and so individuals over 65 but really it's going to be important for anyone uh, but DJMV you just hit a, a really important point uh, the symptoms are going to be similar for both COVID as well as flu uh, and so it's going to be really hard to distinguish between both I mean you can experience fever runny nose shortness of breath with both uh, COVID and flu vaccine so it, it will be difficult to really discern between the two so that's why we really want folks to just understand the prevention is really getting immunization. What What about the fact that, um, that, you know, a lot of these people that die from COVID-19, they have a lot of underlying conditions? Yeah, absolutely. So having uh, chronic conditions such as diabetes and hypertension, or if you're immunosuppressed, uh, certainly you are at a higher risk uh, of COVID-19 uh, um, related uh, symptoms. Uh, but certainly that's the, the same case for, for influenza. 
that you're at higher risk if you have chronic disease. So, uh, you know, I would add that category along with children uh, and as well as older adults that they really need to make sure that you're getting a flu vaccine this year. What are your predictions of coming now? Because people keep saying that there's going to be a huge surge with coronavirus, and that is because of the flu, because of the weather changing, because of schools opening again. So what do you predict is about to happen? Uh, we're certainly looking at the science. We're looking at the data. Uh, you know, as you, as the three of you know, uh, New York City was the epicenter, epicenter uh, when this all uh, kicked off uh, in early 2020. Uh, so we continue to pay attention to the data. Uh, you know, uh, to the to folks who are saying that we're opening too fast. I mean, we we've really been looking at this and being intentional uh, throughout. You know, looking at restaurants. You know, looking at businesses across school reopening as well, and even as we think about, you know, sort of larger workforce and other business sectors. Uh, so that's why, uh, you know, taking the preventive steps, continuing to wear uh, face masks, wash your hands, are the messages. They're really clear. And short of anything else of having uh, a flu va a vaccine on the market, we have to continue to take those precautions. But certainly having the flu vaccine available early this year, people getting immunized early this year, which is why I want to thank you again for having me on earlier this year where we were really sort of sharing the same message, but we need to get the message out early. You know, you know they're talking about a, a vaccine for COVID that's supposed to be available in November. Would you recommend taking the vaccine? So uh, I think we're going to have to pay, uh, pay attention uh, absolutely to the data around the COVID vaccine. So we're certainly right now in phase zero, right? When you think about a development of a vaccine trial, uh, because a lot of the information that's coming out, people are really trying to discern what's true, what's real. What I would say is we need to have, you know, some serious conversations around the history of vaccination, immunization in black and brown communities. You know, addressing equity issues is paramount to making sure that uh, people understand how important it is to take a COVID vaccine, but also safety. Uh, and so uh, we want to make sure that it's both safe, but it's also equitable. Uh, and so thinking about who is most at risk, you know, I talked about some of the uh, important, uh, you know, groups that we have to think about, healthcare workers, people with chronic disease, elderly, you know, even black and brown communities, as they have bear the brunt of, uh, you know, the COVID pandemic. So, you know, equitable allocation is going to have to be a part of the process of how we distribute a COVID vaccine. So certainly all of those three factors are going to be important, safety, uh, equity, but also thinking about an equitable uh, allocation. Due to everybody wearing a mask, they said they don't expect the flu season to be as as strong as it usually is. I, I guess they got, you know, free things from some other places that they said it shouldn't be as bad because everybody has those masks on. And do you think that's a new way of life for the next 10 years? People are going to have to wear masks? You know, certainly right now. I, you know, that's the way forward. And, and, you know, you hit a really good point, you know, that uh, having uh, some of the infectious disease control measures in place like face coverings, such as uh, physical distancing, is also going to support the flu virus this year as well and sort of transmitting it. So I think that we could certainly see uh, that it's not as bad as it has been in previous years. Uh, but I think what we're trying to say is that it's also uh, those, you know, precautions, but also taking the flu vaccine is going to really help ensure that we don't see, uh, you know, a high number of deaths this year. Well, well, Doc, thanks for we taking the time. I know you're busy. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I, and I just want to also say, uh, you know, again, I think that this is going to be really important, not just for right now, but also so that we can have uh, a safe voting season as well, because I know that's just as important uh, as making sure that we address COVID vac vaccine. And I know that you all have been raising the importance of voting and supporting uh, our electoral process as well. So I thank you for all, all right. that. You
Well, thank you, Dr. Dr. Torian Easterling. Make sure you go out there and get your flu shot. And uh, we appreciate you checking in. All right. Thank you, brother. When we come back, we have the positive note. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Yes. Listen, man, um, I want to tell everybody out there, all you sports fans, to go check out the new podcast from Steve Smith Sr., Cut To It, available on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Uh, and make sure you check out the All The Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. They dropped a new episode yesterday as well. Uh, All The Smoke has Jermel and Jamar Charlo on this week. And tomorrow they have my favorite ba- basketball player of all time, Allen Iverson. On. So check them out on Showtime and listen to the podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network on iHeartRadio. Uh, Steve Smith Sr., he has um, Frank Kaminsky on his podcast this week, Cut To It. He's talking all about the NBA draft process. So, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can just go to the iHeartRadio app and type in Black Effect and, you know, the, the, the podcast will pop up. So, yes, go check those all out. Right. All right. Well, you got a positive note? I do have a positive note. My positive note today comes from the OG Mr. Rogers. Okay, Mr. Rogers says, who you are inside is what helps you make and do everything in life. Breakfast club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done?